you're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And we welcome back to our show State Senator Joe Comerford, Senator for the Hampshire, Franklin, and Worcester District. Senator, thank you for joining us today. I think we were having a particularly uh, enlightening uh, and somewhat distressing, no, not strike somewhat, distressing conversation with, for me, with uh, the mayor of Northampton, Gina Lee and the topic was school budgets. Uh, its point you made just, just a moment ago was, well, Northampton does have a significant, serious, uh, disturbing school budget deficit. Um, but the point you made is, it's not just Northampton, this is a statewide problem. So, can you give us the parameters, give us the broad outline of what the problem is, how big a problem it is across the state, and whether or not the state is going to be able to resolve this, in, at least in part, frankly, by giving municipalities more money for education? Um, education is uh, actually one, one of my top focuses. It's not, um, it's not surprising, I think, to you both. Uh, given the importance of it to all municipalities. So let's go back to the Student Opportunity Act, which passed uh, in 2019. That was really mostly, uh, well, first of all, it was an update to ed reform, and it was long overdue, right? Uh, nearly a quarter of a century overdue. Ridiculous um, that, we, that the legislature had waited so long. This is my first year serving. Um, and that was largely a racial justice piece of, um, legislation. It said essentially, you know, once again, school districts um, are really uh, beholden to the amount that local taxpayers can pay uh, to assure the quality of education for our kids. And so we want to update the formula. And it was updated with especially low income, especially communities of color, immigrant communities in mind. And that was the result of, you know, of a lot of study, again, long before I got to the legislature. And that was a good piece of legislation, but it left out rural schools, which is not Northampton, but it also left out what the um, administration, what DESE calls the middles. And Northampton and Amherst are in the middle. That means on a scale of 1 to 12, which is how districts are weighted, Northampton, Amherst are 5 or 6. And that's based on these indicators that are uh, weighted now in terms of poverty, in terms of community, you know, students of color, uh, et cetera. At the same time, and this is very important, at the same time, both Northampton and Amherst, and uh, as I was saying before we started, about 198 other districts in the Commonwealth, um, but let's just do Northampton and Amherst. They've lost students at the same time. So over time, they have become minimum aid districts. So what does that mean? Minimum aid districts um, are held harmless for population loss. And that means that you can't get less next year for your school spending for Chapter 70 than you got this year. Uh, because you lost 48 students or 35 students or 112 students, whatever the number. Um, and over time, as school populations have declined, what is called a hold harmless buffer, which is the distance between the actual per student expenditure 
and what you're getting from the state, and imagine just a flat line. Um, but it's you can imagine a big triangle growing because as school populations decline, this whole harmless buffer for minimum aid districts gets bigger and bigger. And that's the bind that Northampton's in. It is not experiencing a meteoric rise uh, because of the values that are driving the Student Opportunity Act. And at the same time, as it loses students, it remained in this minimum aid district. And it's not, we're not breaking through that to see some gains, you know, material gains from last year to this year. And it is a significant problem. Senator Comerford, let me say this back to you. Tell me if I have it wrong. I think what you're saying when you talk about Northampton and Amherst about being in the middle is that there are school systems that are really poor and they receive significant aid, Chapter 70 money from the state. There are school systems that by comparison with others are really very wealthy and they don't get much aid from the state but they don't need it. And then there are the school systems in the middle, like Northampton, which aren't wealthy enough to not need aid, but aren't uh, uh, poor enough, thankfully, um, to be entitled to it. And therein lies the problem. Is that oversimplification misleading? It's a, it is a simplification. It's not terrible, Bill. Uh, you know, that is part of the problem. Layer on top of that, the fact that in the middle, these middle districts, right, they're not getting, um, they're not getting the meteoric rise because they don't have populations that are getting privileged, again, like poverty, um, like communities of color, things like that, uh, and then add to it that they've been losing our district. This is where I send my kids to school, right? Our district has been losing students for a number of reasons population decline uh, a little bit, right? Homeschooling, private school, charter school, school choice. Um, and so we've been losing students. So a per capita, um, that's how Chapter 70 is calculated in part, per capita numbers, right, have been declining, which is also part of the story. So it's all there. But let me just add one more piece, if your head's not exploding yet, is that, you know, the Student Opportunity Act calls for an increase in overall school spending. So even as Northampton is getting sort of a flatlined amount, the state would like uh, a per-student spending to go up, as I think you and I, yeah, Buzz and Bill and me, and probably many people in Northampton want that. And so, um, actually, uh, I was just meeting with Representative Blay with the uh, lieutenant governor last week, and she gets this. Um, and we were talking about this bind where these minimum aid districts, that's Northampton, um, are still, their net school spending is going up to match this hoped-for increase in overall education spending. And that is, a, that is a significant bind. Now, the taxpayers in Northampton have always wanted to pay more. This is a great community for supporting schools. Um, but we, we need more back from the state. And the last thing I'll say is, it is a mistake for us to think that the only money coming in, it's still not enough, but it's not the only money coming in for schools because there are other parts of this formula 
that will drive money, for example, in special education, what's called a circuit breaker, or in other parts um, of education spending in Northampton. But what we're talking about now is just this basic thing called Chapter 70. Okay, spend one more minute with us on Chapter 70. Chapter 70 of the general laws is the part of the uh, statutory scheme in Massachusetts that deals with education. And when we talk about Chapter 70 funding, we're talking about money being sent back to local school districts from the state as part of the state budget. Uh, that was a significant change when the state adopted Proposition Two and a Half. Well, those many years ago, because it was clear that the local school sy systems were not going to be able to be adequately funded by property taxes. And so, in enacting Proposition Two and a Half, we essentially did hand the enormity of state funding for local school districts uh, to to the central government in Boston. Is that unfair also? Uh, no, it's not unfair. In fact, you know, Prop 2.5 has come up in recent times as the mayor, I believe, has done an excellent job in laying out the difficulties Northampton faces. So people want to know, you know, hey, Northampton, you don't pay as much taxes, X community. Why can't we hike up our taxes? Well, it's not as easy as that. And the state, this is years ago, Bill, um, decided to, you know, to try to put some parameters and some breaks on it. Um, if you, in terms of just the process for getting what's called an override. But then if you want to go down the road on this Prop 2.5 issue, Bill, there's the issue of over, something called an, a levy limit. So um, that is about how much uh, ultimately, based on um, growth and property values, a community can tax. Now, Northampton is not in a painful position like some other communities, like uh, Longmeadow, Leverett, Shootsbury, right? They're getting up to what's called their levy limit. And this is a very dangerous place to be because there's, no, there's nowhere to go currently under Prop 2.5. And, and, and so, you know, I applaud the mayor trying to find the right balance, you know, as more and more people call her to pass another override there are numbers of factors, including Prop Two and a Half, and the constraints, including the levy limit, and including, as actually Councilor Elkin said, uh, I listened during the budget briefing uh, the mayor gave recently. You know that those folks, like Councilor uh, Marissa Elkins, said to the folks, "Look, this is the override that we're going to pass, and it's going to last us for this period of time, and we're not finished with that yet." So. Um, so it's very, very complex what the mayor is trying to balance. But let me just say, um, I, I believe, thanks to advocacy of municipalities like Northampton, uh, legislators like me, uh, the administration, this is Secretary Tutwiler, uh, the lieutenant governor, you know, really high up, um, are, understand that we need a fix to this. It's not that we want to take away money from communities like Chicopee and Holyoke and Springfield. I am not interested in that. But I do believe we are on an incredibly unsustainable path for communities like Northampton. And so Rep. Lay and I have a rural schools bill. That's in part why we were meeting with um, the lieutenant governor. Not, not all, uh, but it was certainly the, the top line on that meeting. And um, 
and what would help many rural communities um, would also help Northampton, including things like getting us straight on special education, which didn't happen during the Student Opportunity Act. And uh, Rep. Carey and Rep. Lay and I have been filing bills since that time to try to call attention to the real miss in special education and how it burdens local communities to help pay for it um, when it really should be more of the state's job. Things like health care for staff and faculty, which is skyrocketing. So there's a lot in the bill that would help Northampton. And so the bill is really for rural communities and something called low and declining enrollment. That means communities like Northampton that have become minimum aid districts who were in the middle um, and who were not seeing gains but are being asked to continue to spend more. We are speaking with State Senator Joe Comerford, Senator for the Hampshire, Franklin, and Worcester District. And when we come back, I have this question. What's the possibility that we're actually going to see more money from the state for education here in Northampton and elsewhere? We'll get that answer right after this. Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. We continue our conversation with State Senator Joe Comerford. We were talking, continuing our conversation uh, while we were off air uh, about what people can do to try to bring some resolution in the immediate short term because the budget crisis is going to take effect in some form as of July 1st, the next fiscal year. So what can we do? Well, in the short term, um, folks can uh, talk to people like me and say that minimum aid districts have to get a more significant increase than is in the current governor's budget. Um, And I support this every session. I do think that it's a more profound situation, um, given, you know, given the fact that I do think we're seeing some compounded realities because of Student Opportunity Act and the rise in overall spending, but it not helping the middles or minimum aid districts like Northampton. Um, so you can ask, you know, you can tell me and the governor and the Senate president um, that you want an, a hike to minimum aid um, over and above the governor's projected $30 a kid increase. Um, So that's an increase over last year, but that's just not enough. Um, You can do that. You can tune in on March 1st. Uh, I'm chairing as a, as from my place um, in as assistant vice chair of ways and means I've asked and been given the opportunity to once again, share the education oversight hearing. That'll be March 1st at Greenfield community college. Folks can come in person. Um, you can come virtually. You can, you know, tune in virtually. You can send me questions you want me to ask, anything like that. But the administration knows um, that I will be focusing on these middle districts as a key thing in the K-12 space, a key issue in the K-12 space. So, um, and I will have uh, members of uh, school districts from our region um, participating so they can tell the story, um, if they will, uh, you know, I have to ask them 
and so they have to say yes. But uh, so if they if it if it works for them, they will be there telling their story of what um, minim, what being a minimum A district actually looks like in 2024. Um, and, and I was, let me just say, Bill, when when we were in sure. this break, you know, you and Buzz and I were talking and. Uh, you know, you asked, is it going to happen, right? Are we going to fi- figure this out? And I promised you, and so I want to promise on air, that I'm not stopping until we figure this out. This is a solvable situation. Um, we need your advocacy, everyone, li- everyone's listening advocacy, um, and we need to work it with the legislature and the administration. Again, the, the lieutenant governor's tuned in. The secretary of education, Pat Tutwiler, Dr. Tutwiler, is tuned in. And so we um, we can do we can do this if we work together. And you say that notwithstanding all that we've read and heard in the last few weeks about how Massachusetts economy is not growing as quickly, how revenues projected revenues are down. I mean, how do you square that circle? I'm sorry, Bill. You cut out for a second. Can you just say that? I'm again? sorry. Sure. Our revenues are not growing at the rate yes. that we hope they okay. would. Where's the, at the end of the day, where's the money come from? Right. So you're talking about what's happening in fiscal year 24, which is what we're in until July 1st, and then the governor's projected fiscal year 25 budget. And you're right that our economy is slowing, but we're not in a crisis. And I'm just going to knock a piece of wood when I get around to knocking a piece of wood. Um, but our economy is slowing, but we're not stopping. And that means that, you know, people like me and people in the administration have to spend as much time as we possibly can, um, you know, looking at economic development and infrastructure and public transportation, all of those economic building blocks. Uh, it also means that we have to figure out how to be as creative as possible in fiscal year 25, because our budget is going to be less than it was in fiscal year 24, right? And that's just the truth of it. And Senator, we're going to have to leave it with that truth. We thank you so okay. much for your time, it's insight, and expertise today. Okay, take care, friends. <laughs>